Welcome back to So Retrograde. We're here. Happy 2016, you guys. New Year, same you. <laughs> Except it's um, you with less alcohol. Right. I've set an intention for the new year already. Mm-hmm. And what's that and stuff? Instead of doing sober January, I'm doing sober first 10 days of January. Just because I don't want to set myself up for failure. I think that's really great. Yeah, I just want to cleanse for a couple steps. days. Yeah. yeah. No reason to like, because, you know, day 20, I'm going to be like, damn, I really got one a glass of wine, and then I'm going to... And then you should enjoy that wine. Exactly, because wine is heart healthy and just as good as working out. Yeah, and even if, and if you can do both, even better. I mean, You're recommended, recommended to do both, but also... No. Emu says, Emu, our producer says, drink on the treadmill, which I haven't tried. I've never, but even in my worst days of college, I've never done both at the same time. I felt like I was in an interesting place when it came to the New Year's intentions this year. I kind of, on my day of writing, what came through to Wait, me. Wait, what's your day of writing? I, last day of the year, I write oh, right, right, a right. reflection and right. like a manifestation. And maybe it was because I was in like full blown Florida vacation mode and just like felt like I didn't have a care in the world. But I just honestly was like, I'm just not into setting an intention this year. I just want to flow with it. Whoa. The past few days have just been reflective and lovely and quiet. And what has come through is that this pressure that I feel the stigma of the new year brings along. It's like, let's set all these goals and like try to keep up. And then come like February 1, we're like, fuck, I didn't do any of them. And then you get this like, it's just setting yourself up to look at yourself in a way that is unfriendly. Why not just like look at any new week, any new day, any new moment as an opportunity to incorporate something that's going to better your life and your life. And I feel like that's what this show is. That's beautiful. Thanks, man. So my whole intention for this year was to not set an intention and just try continuing to live my best life, as dearest Oprah would say. It's funny. I feel totally the opposite. Like, I didn't really intend to set intentions, but just like so many things have been coming up and I've just been like jotting them down. I'm trying to witness them and write them down and like acknowledge, but also not overwhelm myself with trying to do a juggling act and just like acknowledge that these are the things that are coming up and like work with them rather than like trying to do something about them. I think that that's beautiful. But it's like there's a lot of things that are like new. What's great, it's like whatever works for you. It's like there's two sides and then there's like all the middle and in between. It's like if there's something in your life that's like dragging you down and bumming you out, of course, like take the necessary steps to change that. But at the same time, it's like you can change that anytime. Well, I read something interesting on our favorite website, Mystic Mama. Ooh, mysticmama.com. And it was talking about people think that like the break, the holiday break or whatever is the time to recharge. But actually in this instance, it's like December and into early January was all about like transitioning and it wasn't about recharging. And then January is actually about the recharge, which is hard because you go back to work and you're supposed to like be recharged and refreshed, but energetically, like, it's actually still happening. Susan from Astrology Zone, Susan Miller, said a very similar thing. So maybe that is in the stars. And also, today, we go into retrograde, Mm -hmm. which we will get into more next week. Um, But today, we're really excited because we have Eleni Tsikrikis. Eleni Tsikrikis. Who is (laughs) an extraordinary Ayurvedic expert and just goddess. And Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to have her on. Yeah. From what I know a little bit about Ayurveda before, you know how there's like the three categories. Some people like are allowed to have like cayenne pepper and garlic and all the really like intense foods. And then some people shouldn't have those things based on in the Ayurvedic system. So let's welcome to the show Eleni Tsikrikis. Morning. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you for coming. Happy New Year, ladies. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so for our listeners who might not know, could you in a couple sentences explain what Ayurveda is? Yeah. I'm going to do the lift answer. Uh, system of medicine. That's, that's the elevator pitch? The elevator. Yeah, the elevator pitch. <laughs> the lift answer. <laughs> the lift yes. answer. Sorry, it's my Aussie talk. Um, <laughs> it's a system of medicine that's based in nature. It's been around for 5,000 years. It is yoga sister science. And it's really about how to create, how to, how to stay healthy, how to have a long, healthy life. 
And so our main tools are food, herbs, and oils, okay. and, then, and then lifestyle practices. But that's basically, that's it in a nutshell. Sounds amazing. Wonderful. I'm going to get involved. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll have you drinking so, the Ayurvedic Kool-Aid before as I'm it done. Is, What's that? <laughs> as it is the uh, beginning of the year, yeah. and I think everyone is more open than usual to adopt practices into their life that might help elevate the experience. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought we could go through some ingredients that we might already have in our cupboards at home mm-hmm. and kind of talk about what those benefits are, like an easier way into a great Ayurvedic ritual and as opposed to... an easier to way out of the bad choices from the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Just, a fresh start, kids. It's a turnover kind of so, experience. So um, let's start with ginger. Oh, one of my favorite herbs. So um, ginger is called universal medicine. It's really easy to access. And what's really wonderful about it is that it's tolerated by, you know, just about everyone in small doses. Main claim to fame, it's really good for um, digestive issues. So if you get bloating, if you get gassy. Um, but the other thing that's really amazing, she's like shaking her head. No, not I'm like, me, I never not get me. Gassy. No. Yeah, no, no, I know. No, I really do a lot. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's a really wonderful uh, circulatory stimulant. So if you get cold, if you have like cold fingers and toes, then shredding some ginger and making ginger tea and just drinking that on a regular basis is going to warm you up. So you could even go to the, you can like get ginger in your juices if you want, and that's going to warm you up. So in Ayurvedic medicine, is it like the accumulation of the practice? So it's like, obviously, if you drink ginger one time, it's not going to... No, you got to do, that's a beautiful question. It's about regular practices. Okay. And we were also talking about how, you know, people, when we get to the new year, it's like, oh, I've got to bring in all these new practices and let go of the old ones. I'm not so concerned about letting go of old practices as bringing in the new ones and creating regular. It's got to be regular because it's cumulative, as you said. Right. And because it's natural medicine, the effects are, you're going to feel them today, but if you don't do it tomorrow, then you're not going to have the effects Right. It's not like an Advil. No, it's not like, well, and the great thing about it not being an Advil is that the side of, there are no side effects. You know, if you have a, if you have an experience that's not pleasant, then you just stop taking the herb and things are fine. But things like ginger, I mean, I put it in my soups, I put it in my stew, so I cook with it. I make teas with it. So you basically just add it to whatever you want. And fresh ginger is, um, so I make this amazing tea, which is ginger, lemon, and honey. Mm. And it's like this, I don't know, it's like, for me, it's party in my mouth. (laughs) It's goodness. Um, and I find that ginger helps like ward off colds because if your circular, if your circulation is working really well, then things aren't going to get in. And if you're nice and warm and things are moving in your body, then your immune system is going to increase. And that's really why we take herbs is to increase digestion, mm-hmm. and then it increases like the the processes in the body, and it just kind of kind of keeps a little barrier between you and the outside world. Yeah, so you won't get sick. And then the next herb, we I feel like this herb is having a real spotlight moment in oh. culture today. And um, I just realized there was an R after the U. Um, I've been calling it turmeric for quite some time, but apparently it's turmeric. Uh, apparently. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. So talk to us about this amazing orange superpower. Man, uh, so much to, talk, to say about this herb. I think everyone should take turmeric. You know, generally speaking in Ayurveda, we're like, well, it's got to be according to your body type. But turmeric has been very widely researched. Main claim to fame, Mm anti-inflammatory. And so part of the aging process, or not even the aging, part of the living process is that the body goes into like an inflammatory response. Mm. So turmeric um, helps keep inflammation down. And what they found is that inflammation, along with some other markers, is one of the kind of precursors for heart disease. So it keeps your body, it reduces inflammation, um, it, uh, it's fantastic for pain. So one of you was, you were saying that you came from a yoga class. Mm-hmm. So traditionally, turmeric was used by yogis to keep their muscles supple and to keep their ligaments supple. Oh. Yeah. And um, in India, it's been used, like turmeric, you can use it for cooking. You can use it on your skin. You can use it um, as a kind of a, uh, if you have intense inflammation. So I had back issues last year and I couldn't, um, 
I had trouble walking and I was on very high doses of turmeric, like a couple of ounces a day. Don't mm. ask me how I got it down, but I did. And it completely got rid of my inflammation and my pain. Um, it's also considered to be anti-carcinogenic. Uh, and, and so, again, uh, I, I'm very generalizing here, but cancer has a component of inflammation in, um, to it. And so oncologists are giving curcumin extracts, and that's the little, that's the active ingredient yeah. in turmeric to, um, you know, people who have just, um, who are going through chemotherapy or who have been diagnosed, you know, after they've had their um, treatment of, of cancer. Um, so it's a pretty amazing herb. It has over 50 medicinal uses, and it's one of the most highly researched herbs. There's a lot of information on it, and everyone's jumping on the bandwagon, and you know, and so you can go to the health food store and you'll find lots of supplements. Because I'm a herbalist, I believe in getting your herbs as close to the natural source as possible. So you can get you can get turmeric from the health food store and turmeric and ginger. Are cousins? Mm. Do they come from the same family? And if you look, if you see turmeric root, it looks like ginger root. Mm-hmm. And all you do is, if you get organic, you just wash it, and then I kind of slice it up and stick it in my soups and stews. Man, all I do is eat soups and stews um, in <laughs> winter time because they keep me healthy. Um, but you can make like you know, there's all these recipes like you can make golden milk. You can use it in your yogurt. But I really do believe that a teaspoon, half to one teaspoon a day. Um, does wonders for your skin, does wonders for like all of your insides. Elizabeth made this amazing like warm tea. It wasn't really a golden milk. Well, I guess it it kind of was. Yeah, I've been trying to perfect it, turmeric tonic recipe. Yeah, actually made it right before I came and it was a, this one that I did is a little different than I did yesterday, but I did hot water, Yep. coconut milk, coconut water, lemon juice, Mm -hmm. manuka honey, some ashwagandha and turmeric, and I blended it all together. I added the coconut milk this time, and that like really elevated the experience. You know, there's a lot of research out there that says that it's good to take turmeric in a fat soluble mm-hmm. with, with something fat soluble. So the coconut. Oh, and I added coconut oil too. Mm-hmm. Um, but my question is, oh, I got put a whole coconut in there. Yeah, man. basically. <laughs> um, my question is, so the turmeric I've been using as of late, I got at Trader Joe's. Yeah. Is that not the vibe? <laughs> Her face was like, no. For me, no. Right. Because if it's medicine, then it has to be the highest quality okay. that you can possibly get. So I don't buy my turmeric from Trader Joe's. I buy it from organic um, you know, companies, herbal companies. Close to the source. As close as possible. Can you, you give us a shout out to someone, oh, some place yeah. where maybe people could locate yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, There's a couple of companies. One is called Mountain Rose Herbs. Okay. And um, they do Western herbs, but they have like tons and tons of products. And everything is organic and wild, um, wild crafted. And then there's another Ayurvedic company that I buy from, which is called Banyan Botanicals. Mm-hmm. And they also, they only do Ayurvedic um, herbs. Um, and also price-wise, you can buy a pound of turmeric from either Mountain Rose or Banyan, and it's going to cost you between 9 and $12 for a pound. Wow. That's a big saving. Yeah. And I, yeah. So I'm like, if you're going to be taking, you know, a teaspoon a day, then you, you know, you Yeah, and you cost-wise. get the turmeric tonic at Erewhon costs $12 as is. It really does. Is this a juice that you get? Uh, it's a, it's a, in the tonic like a bar. At Erewhon, and Erewhon is a natural health food store in Los Angeles where our paycheck just directly gets filtered into. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like Whole Foods, huh? (laughs) Paycheck. It's, like, more expensive than Whole Foods, to be honest. It's better. I prefer it. But So if you get the – when you order the turmeric in a pound, is it the root or is it – Powder. Oh, it is so already it's powdered. It's the root, okay. and they've, it's been powdered. Yeah, and you get it in a you know nice little plastic bag, and all you do is you just transfer it into glass jars, mm-hmm. and it will last you for you know a couple of months. That's amazing. Pro uh-huh. tip. Yeah, uh-huh. that's Love great. That. Uh-huh. Uh, another culinary spice you want to check in is cinnamon. <gasps> another one of my favorite herbs. <laughs> so you're picking all of the winter um, cinnamon and ginger. Both are like circ- yeah. The timing is really good because the- <laughs> so with spices, what we do is it's it's like clothes. You change them as the seasons change. Mm. So in winter, we're going to have warming spices. In summer, we're going to have cooling. And then in springtime, we're going to have like pungent spices because in springtime, we're kind of taking off that layer 
whether it's like a winter coat or just an extra couple of pounds that we put on. What are you talking about? Not you guys, (laughs) me, me, me. You know, because we're eating a heavier, richer diet in winter. We need it because it's cold outside. Noodles and broth. Everyone Uh wants it. uh Have you seen those ramen lines outside? My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Dropped five degrees in Los Angeles and it's like... Well, that's why I have soups and stews because they're so easy to digest. So cinnamon, um, well, what can I tell you? It's sweet, it's unctuous, it's a circulatory tonic. Let me tell you a couple of secrets about cinnamon. Um, It's one of my go-to herbs when um, ladies are having PMS, when they're having really bad cramping. If you know, like, when your period's going to come and you start taking, like, half a teaspoon of cinnamon one day and then you go to, like, one teaspoon the second day, it's called titrating. You just start to increase the amount of cinnamon. So you may be taking like a tablespoon um, over a period of five days and you keep that up, you won't have any cramping. So it, yeah, it's really, remember herbs have been used as medicine long before pharmaceuticals came along. So they just have these amazing medicinal uses. Cinnamon tastes really yummy. I do a tea, so you I find getting herbs in as teas is really yummy. If you have oatmeal or some kind of like warm breakfast cereal, you could put ginger and cinnamon on your on your breakfast cereal, like on your oatmeal, and you get it in that way. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is like, so for me, food is medicine. So, you mm. know, um, but I make a tea with like black peppercorns and cloves and cardamom and cinnamon um, and ginger, and you just put, you know, all you just put the spices in a pot. Add hot, oh, sorry, add water. Bring it to a boil, let it simmer, and then you kind of, you know, you just carry it around with you in either your. You have a thermos. That's what we Ayurvedas do. We have thermoses, and we drink everything warm, especially in <laughs> Why winter. Why warm? Because remember how I said to you that Ayurveda is a system of medicine that's based in nature? So what Ayurveda says is that whatever whatever is going on outside is reflected in our bodies to some degree. So if it's cold outside, and we treat with opposites, if it's cold outside, we warm things up. If it's hot outside, we cool things down. So does that make sense? So we're paying attention to what's going on. That's why the, the sort of, you know, oh, I can get... All kinds of foods, you know, 24-7, 365 days a year. It's wonderful and it's convenient, but it's not healthy because nature provides the foods that we need in a given season to keep us healthy. Mm. And if you go to the farmer's markets now and you see that, you know, there's a lot of like root vegetables, so sweet potatoes, potatoes, but even the colored fruits, a while ago I was seeing there was like persimmons, oranges. Um, It's all of the the colors of late summer. So the way that we describe it is the heat of summer goes through the trees, turns the leaves orange, yellow, red. And if you notice, harvest is all those colored fruits. So that's what's in season to keep us healthy. Do you see what I mean? Nature is, this is the interesting thing that I'm in awe about with Ayurveda is nature heals. Mm -hmm. If you work in harmony with nature, if we pay attention to what's going on outside and then start to, if you learn the language of your body, and that's what Ayurveda is, it's about learning the language of your body and you read the, if you're cold, I can't tell you how many people have called me and gone, you've changed my life because I had warm food today. And it completely changes their personality and how they feel about the world because they're warm on the inside. It's beautiful. Yeah, it, it really is. It's very poetic and it's sort of very metaphysical and... It's been around, as I said, I'm like, holy cow, how did these guys like, they're probably women, how did they (laughs) work this stuff out, you know, when they had, all they were doing was observing nature. Yeah, they couldn't Google anything, that's for sure. (laughs) We had, as humans, discovered so much herbal medicine over the past thousands of years, but then with, like, pharmacology, it basically just, like, wiped out that information and Mm -hmm. made it unavailable to Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. so that... To the mainstream, at least. Mm-hmm, Obviously, mm-hmm, there are mm-hmm. practitioners in your field and stuff like that. But, but it's changed because even if you look at the history of Ayurveda in the, you know, remember India was, um, they got their independence in 1947. Ayurveda was pushed underground and the, they were chopping off, they were called Vaidyas, uh, the, the healers. They were chopping off their hands <gasps> so that they wouldn't practice it. So it was pushed underground. And then even the way that we're practicing it now, it, it's kind of like allopathic medicine in the, in the sense that we do a lot of just treatment of symptoms and bringing, but to actually bring someone back into balance, 
really requires a lot of lifestyle changes. For me, it's about having a really healthy relationship with your food mm. and a healthy relationship with your body, but starting with your digestive tract. So I'm very interested in, for me, I'm going to say the magic word here. I talk about poop. I talk about poop with all of my... So do we. <laughs> we love poop. Well, I talk about poop with everyone because, you know, it's like easy in, easy out, number one. Yeah. And then, you know, what comes out of your body, it's an indication of like what went in and how it was processed. Um, so... <laughs> People go, oh, my God. I said, I have a glamorous job. You know, I'm really interested in how your digestion, how your digestive tract functions, how you um, metabolize food, how you eliminate, how you sleep. Mm. Um, and then my, my other thing is energy out, energy in. Because we live in a world where energy out is really, really easy. Um, and when you're 20 and even when you're 30, you're bulletproof. But when you start to get into your 40s, things change and you know, my husband always says, you know, when you're 20, it's easy, but at 40, you kind of get the body and the face that your body and your face reflect your lifestyle. Oh, I've heard that before. That just gave me chills. I'm like, what is going to show up at 42 for me? <laughs> <laughs> Something scary. Just drink ginger tea and take turmeric. Okay. And you're on the, you're on the, but the thing is that you don't have to overhaul your life. If you just start to just even simple things like drinking ginger tea or, you know, like your little thing with like playing with turmeric. And for me, it's like you don't you have to have it's like having a relationship with the herb. And then you kind of discover all of these amazing things about it. And then you might sort of go into turmeric overload where you start to put it in everything. Have you noticed how it stains things? Oh, yeah. My uh -huh. magic bullet is now. Yellow. A beautiful shade of yellow. <laughs> do you, you know what I love about herbs? One of my most favorite things is not only do we eat them, but like I make a face mask that has a turmeric component in it. So I've it's got done that, yeah. What's, what are the ingredients in that? Off the top of my head, it's um, chickpea flour. Okay. Huh. I, mean, I can give you the, like, the amounts. I'd have to go and look at my handout. But it's chickpea flour, some bentonite clay, triphala, which is another herb we should talk about because it's all about pooping and getting rid of toxins from the body, turmeric, and then a little bit of neem, which is this anti-inflammatory, really cold herb. Oh, and then yeah. you just make a paste. Um, I usually just add water and I put it on my, you know, put it on my face. You've got to make sure that, you know, you're not wearing, it's going to stain things. So you've got to be, wear some old clothes. Um, I have like my turmeric clothes or my oily, <laughs> or my oily clothes because um, we use a lot of oil in Ayurveda. And then you just, it, I put it on like twice a week just to sort of clean and, and tighten skin my skin. Your skin is beautiful. Yeah. So I, it's working. Well, thank you. Since I we're in podcast land, no one can see, but I'm like, tell me what you're up to. <laughs> and oil. Put I put oil on my face. I put what oil, oil on my do skin. you use? On my face, rosehip seed, mm -hmm. um, but it is for mature skin. I also have, I have a, it's funny you should say that because I've tried to use rose oil on my face before. Rose hip, rose hip, oh, rose hip seed. I always get a reaction. Well, you know, the thing too is that this is a really important part of Ayurveda. What works for one person may not work for someone else. Mm. What's medicine for one person may be a toxin for someone else. So the concept is it's individualized. Like we'll give information, we'll say, oh, ginger is easily tolerated by, you know, most people, except for people who run really hot in summertime. So I don't take ginger in summer because I tend to run hot. So, yeah, maybe it doesn't work for you, mm -hmm. but there's other oils. There's like jojoba oil. So this mountain rose herbs... I wish I had shares in this company. <laughs> when you go, because I refer so many people to it, but when you go to the um, to the website, they'll have, I think it's just under oils or carrier oils, and they'll have like 30 different oils on there. And then when you click onto them, it'll give you this information, and you kind of get a sense of what could work for you. Mm. And then what I do is just order three or four, like four-ounce bottles and play with them. And then see which one works for you. And then the secret, too, is add essential oils. So ah. buy a few essential oils. You know, like some of my favorites that are easily tolerated are things like frankincense because it's anti-inflammatory, lavender. I put rose essential oil okay. into the rose hip. Okay. And then – and so you kind of smell nice, but the oils also have this really amazing effect on your skin. And remember, your skin's your largest organ. And if you wouldn't eat it, then you don't want to be putting it on your, you know, you don't want to be That's putting it on your skin. That's such a smart philosophy. So what if you get like acne? 
not that you do, but like for me, the reason one of the products yeah, yeah. that I use that isn't natural, and I had this conversation with my dermatologist, was about what is um, different gel. I know you use mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the ingredients, and I was like, it's filled with, with parabens and all sorts of chemicals. And then, you know, she was kind of like, well, you know, you do a little there and you, and you give a little there and it's a balance, but I, I do have an issue with, but it works and I'm try, not trying Un- to have acne. Until you stop using it. Right. And then I need to keep using it. Of course. Yeah. So what do I do? Well, <laughs> so easy answer is the skin is the dumping ground for toxins in the body. Right. So something that shows up on your skin, it's somewhere else in your body. Deeper. Yeah. Remember, so a couple of things. Some people, we're all, we all have like gifts and weaknesses depending on our body type. So you might sort of maybe predisposed to, if you're stressed, it might show up Definitely. as acne. Yeah. So you can't, remember that you're not just your skin, you're a physical body, you breathe, you have a mind, you have an intelligence, you have a spirit, and that's holistic healing. So we have to treat what's showing up on your face plus your emotions. Right. Bottom line, um, easy sort of answer is it's liver. The liver is the organ of heat. It's the liver processes things. And so when I work with someone that has acne, we'll put stuff topically on, um, but I'll also do liver cleansing with them. Okay. So juicing is a good way. Green juices, you know, adding some beet to your juice, um, eating like liver foods when they're in season, things like, you know, like radishes and do you like artichokes? I love artichokes. Artichokes are a great liver food. Okay. So you can have like grilled artichokes with lemon juice. Amazing. Uh, there's so much information I want to ask you a million <laughs> questions, but I want to go back to Trifola because yes. the next question was going to ask if, what you recommend for help keep our digestive tracts in check. Yeah. Well, so before I go on to Trifola, you know, you kind of have to, so you have to become an Ayurvedic detective. And I love that. you, yep, that's, that's my thing. So part of health is having like an intimate connection with your body, a healthy intimate connection with how your insides function. And so it's kind of understanding what foods work for you and what foods don't work for you. So if you eat something and you get bloated um, or you get gassy or you feel nauseous or you get constipated or you get the runs, that's your body. I mean, but seriously, or you get indigestion, your body's giving you signals and saying, hey, um, what you ate probably isn't working for you. I mean, you could also be under stress. Um, so that's step number one. Then it's kind of analyzing, you know, what your hunger levels are like because we're taught to either, you know, everyone should do grazing or everyone should do raw food or everyone should do this, whatever, whatever craze is, um, is up and happening. So don't eat if you're not hungry. Golden rule. If you're hungry, eat. If you're not, leave it alone. Um, if you find that you have like variable digestion, so there's variability means you don't have a set time for eating. Um, that's kind of an indication, or you have low appetite, then you might want to take something before you eat. And it could be as simple as either a cup of ginger tea or some grated ginger that you just eat. What about apple cider vinegar? It's not Ayurvedic, okay. um, so I'm not going to comment on it, uh, but sure. I mean, the, you know, different modalities have different ways of, different things that work. Okay. But you want to take, so in Ayurveda, the concept is that like increases like, so things of a similar nature are going to increase. And so there's this concept that we have a digestive fire, kind of like your hydrochloric acid, but you have this digestive fire, and if it's working well, then you're able to break down the food and extract all the nutrients that you need. If it's not working well, you're going to break the food down, but it's going to leave a residue, and this residue is called AMA. And AMA is, it's A-M-A, it simply just means toxins. But what happens is, think over like, it's not one meal, but 20 years where you have this kind of impaired digestion. You know, you have these symptoms like, oh, you're bloated or you're constipated or you're not, because it's your norm. You don't know that there's anything wrong. And then your body's not, you know, you feel tired, you feel lethargic. But, you know, doctors, there's nothing that you can take for it. Ayurveda says that that kind of sluggishness or congestion just builds and builds and builds, and it's the beginnings of disease. Mm. So... If your digestion is not working well, you'll take something beforehand, like a ginger tea, say, or even some water with lemon juice in it, just something simple to ignite your fire. And then after your meals, you can take this herb called trifola. 
Trifola gets rid of toxins in the body. It kind of helps, and it also helps with like really healthy, um, healthy elimination. It has mild laxative properties, but its main claim to fame is this very gentle cleansing action on the body. The difference between herbs, something like Trifola is considered to be a Rasayana. This is a really cool word. Rasayana means it's a tonic that kind of keeps you young. Hmm. And I'm, all, I'm into that. Um, <laughs> but, it, but what it means is it keeps everything functioning well. And it's gently just removing toxins from the body. So once again, they're made of, it's three fruits. And each of the fruits balance this. So there's three doshas, three body types. So each one balances um, each dosha. And it's easily tolerated by, so again, with tonics, easily tolerated, food-like substances taken over a long period of time, and they have a very beneficial effect And does on it the body. come in a powder? In everything. Everything. So you can get it at Whole Foods. You can get it in capsules at Whole Foods. Okay. Um, and it's a little kind of... Do you guys know what astringent is? It's mm-hmm. sort of, you know, it's it's not that pleasant tasting, but I said before I've drunk the Ayurvedic Kool-Aid, which means I don't care what it tastes like, I'm going to drink it. But for a lot of, like, you know, a lot of people, it, the ick factor, they're like, I can't have it. So you can get it in capsules. Okay. And, and then equally as effective? Oh, yeah. Equally cool. as effective. Now, you mentioned the three body types. Mm. Really interested in mm. hearing about this. Mm. Can you break that down for us? I will do my best. So three body types known as vata, V-A-T-A, Pitta, P-I-T-T-A, and Kapha, K-A-P-H-A. And so um, the way that it works is, I'm going to do this really simply, Ayurveda says that nature is made up of five basic building blocks, and they go from subtle to gross, so it's space, air, uh, fire, water, and earth. And these, they're called elements. And so, like, you know, I'm like, what's space? Well, space is the medium through which my voice is going, yeah? Or it's the space between us, the physical space. It's wherever there are cavities in the body. And so one of the easiest places to see it is the nose and the ears. Um, And then, you know, if we took out all your internal organs, there'd be cavities there. Or in the mouth, that's another cavity. Uh, Air has to do with movement, So in the body, you can see it just through respiration, breathing, but it's also like the movement of blood. It's the movement of digestion through the body. So it's all the things that are moving, we call them physiological functioning. And then you can see it in walking, talking, moving. When we walk, when we it's it's an aspect of, of air. Fire has to do with the digestive process primarily. So it's, you know, taking a food and converting it into a form that the body can use. But it also, these things have like a physical manifestation and a mental. It's also like taking in information and being able to process it. Water has to do with wherever there's lubrication in the body. So tears, um, pee, uh, you know, um, uh, saliva, all the fluid in the body, so synovial fluid, the fluid that we have in our joints, our mouth. If you think of your mouth, it's wet and moist, all the mucous membranes in the mouth. So the entire inside of the body is filled with mucous membranes. And then earth is all the solid parts of the body, skin, muscles, bones, all of the solid organs. Here's where it gets interesting. The three doshas. I hope you guys can keep up with me. We're with you. We're with you. Because <laughs> I usually have a board and I put this all out. So vata dosha is made up of air and ether. And what that means is, so now you, you know, I would say, imagine if you had a bucket of air and ether. What's it going to weigh? It's going to be pretty light, yeah? So that air and ether uh, manifests physically, mentally, and emotionally. Okay, so the physical manifestation is vatas tend to be the thin, wiry types. They're either going to be really tall or they can, they can either be tall or short, but they're going to just naturally be skinny. And it's the kind of body type that we all, um, you know, what? we all want. <laughs> but wait, but wait, but wait. Remember I said everything comes with gifts and challenges. Mm-hmm. With vatas, there's this irregularity. And that irregularity shows up in they have irregular appetite. They have irregular elimination. So they're the ones who are like, what do you mean I have to poop every day? I didn't know I had to go to the bathroom every day. So remember the, the gift, the challenges for um, vatas is dry skin, dry hair, dry nails, constipation, 
So the positive, let me give you, they're very creative, they're fun-loving, they have really lovely um, personalities because they just want to have fun, lots of friends, lots of different interests, um, very creative, uh, tend to be like... a lot of healers of vatas, they talk a lot, hello, like <laughs> me, um, and then they speed things up. So that's vata. Pitta is made up of fire and water. And because pitta has to do with metabolism, these are the what I call the hot hotheads, the hotheads who do, who do well under pressure but are singular in their sort of their focus. They're very focused. They're very goal-oriented. They love nice things. I have a lot of pitta in me. So I always say we pittas, we would rather get what we want, whether it's in, you know, whatever it is, clothes, cars, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends. I'm going to get what I want and I'm happy to have a little bit but or to pay more for it, but I'm gonna, we're all about quality. And then quality has a spectrum, yeah? Mm. They tend to have very high appetite and digestion, so it means they get hungry a lot. I would say pittas are like 18 to 20-year-old boys. <laughs> Huge appetites. They need to eat on a regular basis. If they don't eat on a regular basis, they get hangry, yeah? I'm angry, hungry. It might be pitta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So food, you know, having food, they they need to eat these large, because they they have this metabolism that works really, really quickly, so they go through food quickly. That's why they need to, they get hungry. And, you know, a pitta's like, I'm constipated, and I'll ask them, tell me about that. And they're like, well, I only went to the bathroom once. And they'll go to the bathroom two to three times a day. Again, it's that metabolism. So see, the vata is going to miss days and they're going to get constipated. The pitta is going to go two to three times. And so the heat, things that they suffer from can be things like indigestion, any kind of acid regurgitation. In the poop area, diarrhea is a because it's just that too much heat in the body. They can have skin issues because of the liver is associated with pitta. Very competitive. You know who you are when you're in the yoga class and you're competing against yourself mm-hmm. and everybody else. And body temperature runs high, uh, really high. So I have pitta in me as well. And when it's really hot, uh, the blinds are drawn. I don't want to be anywhere near the, you know, I want to be out of the sun because summer is pitta time. Just like fall and winter is vata time. So the seasons reflect the doshas. Wow. Mm-hmm. When the heat is really high, you know, there's this tendency towards things like anger. We get angry. I still get angry. Angry, you know, critical, judgmental. This is the, the negative aspect. The positive is creative, passionate, charismatic. And then the last one is kapha. And they are earth and water. So that means they come into this world really well formed. They're the ones who have beautiful skin. Everything's luxurious. They've got beautiful lips, beautiful big eyes, you know, eyelashes like that, thick lustrous hair. But they come in with a low digestive fire because they're already well formed. Um, They have the lowest appetite, the the longest transit time. So they can go without food for hours. They're the ones who, who are wake these up. people. <laughs> I have a little. Well, the downside of it is this kind of tendency to hold on to things because the doshas have these aspects called qualities. That's how we describe them. And kapha's qualities are heavy, moist, uh, cool, and static. And so what that means is something like heaviness could be excess weight. Something like heaviness could be heavy in the head, lethargic, excess sleep. Um, hoarding is an extreme form where you hold on to stuff and you won't let go of it. That's heaviness because it means that you can't move through your, you know, the more you hold on to stuff, there's no room for new things to come in. Their energy is very steady. They just need small amounts of food. And so they'll get up in the morning and not be hungry and have, you know, ginger, lemon and honey tea. And that's going to get that because they're sluggish. It's going to get their circulation moving. It's going to get them going to the bathroom. Um, And they can, you know, they might have a meal at 12 and then something little for dinner and be perfectly okay, have really great energy, whereas a vata can go without food and get 
sort of, I call them, you know, they're bouncing off the walls. They get really spacey because they need to eat on a regular basis to keep their energy constant. Mm. Whereas kaffas come in with this really good quality energy. So they need less food. The tendency is for them is like respiratory issues, sluggish digestion, frequent colds, frequent coughs, and just like lots of mucus. So mucus for kapha, heat for pitta, too much movement for vata. I heard you saying like, I have a little of this and I have a little of that. So that suggests that you can be like a mixture of things. Yes, and yes. Um, I just wanted to hear a little bit more about that. Well, here's where it gets interesting that the doshas... Um, remember how I was describing before, they all have a function in the body and they all have a function in the digestive tract. And so most people usually tend to be dual doshic. They'll have a predominant dosha and then they'll have a secondary one. The reality is, again, that all three of them exist in the body. And, you know, we tend to kind of see the doshas the best way of seeing it is what we look like. So what's our physical body? What's our tendencies, like our mental tendencies? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what kind of symptoms do we have? Those symptoms are an indication of where we're out of balance. Yeah. So if I were to diagnose myself with something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then would you be able to, or is this a part of Ayurveda where you can then prescribe you know, dominant food groups that, I, that we should be paying attention to or yes. specific habits that... Okay, interesting. Yes, but I'm also looking at how your body's functioning, what's going on inside, and usually when people come to see me, they have a problem. Right. And that's what they want to treat. So what happens is Ayurveda says you're born a certain way, and that's your constitution. And then remember, nature's always changing. Nature's not static. So our body's always changing. Our mind is always changing. And so your particular, you know, our doshas are responding to our lifestyle, our food habits, the stress, all of these things, how much stress, what kind of activities we do, like what kind of exercise we're doing, what kind of movement we do, the relationships that we're in, you know, are you doing a job that you love because it affects you? So all of these things affect the doshas. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as we go through life, sometimes we get out of balance. So your constitution is called your prakruti. What's going on for you now is called a vikruti, the goal is that they should match, mm. but usually your current state, if you have symptoms and you're out of balance, I need to fix that first. It's almost like taking off layers, yeah? We've got to get rid of the layers that are covering you up. Um, and yes, and we treat using food and the herbs that I was talking about. So you use certain spices to cook with. Oh, and then we would do things like, you know, like even like the application of oil. Everything that comes in would be to pacify the dosha that's increased. Mm. So we want to, remember I said there's gifts and challenges. We want to get rid of the challenges that that dosha is presenting and bring it back into a balanced state. That's wonderful. Amazing. Mm-hmm. What daily practice do you have that helps you show up for others in your practice and as a teacher? My, the things that keep me um, happy uh, when I do, I have a, a, an asana practice. Mm-hmm. So I, I do a practice. I did one before I came here. And my other favorite thing is putting oil on my body. So there is, <laughs> there is a thing called, okay, so pooping and oil, okay? These are my two favorite <laughs> things in Ayurveda. Um, oil has been used extensively by Ayurveda. So we do like a whole body massage. So I'll describe my, <laughs> this morning, so I'm Greek, my background's Greek, and my, the favorite oil that I have that I put on my body is organic, cold-pressed, from Mountain Rose, olive oil. Yes, I'm so into that. <laughs> and olive oil is cooling, and I'm like, my people have been using it for thousands of years. And so, you know, I grab a towel, put it on the floor in the bathroom, get my little, I've put my oil in a plastic bottle, I've stuck it in a cup of hot water, and I've warmed it. Mm. So when I do my oil, my puppy dog is very close by, because she likes to lick it off. Uh-huh. And dogs and oil. And so I start from my feet, and I massage my feet, and I work all the way up to, um, you know, to my neck. You can can massage your um, head as well, but I tend not to. I tend to do that separately. Oh, we got to keep the quaff looking cute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but I got to tell you, I was a girl who used a lot of hair products, and now I, I wear my hair short and I just put oil in my hair. 
you can put oil everywhere. It's just you've got to put the right amount on. The goal is to keep the oil on for 15 or 20 minutes. I mean, if I put olive oil on my skin, within like 10 minutes, it's gone. Well, it's I, completely sucked in. So that's interesting. So some people have really dry skin yeah. and it'll suck it in. Yeah. And I'm telling you, oil is an amazing barrier for the cold and for the wind. It, the theory is that you put it on and then you just rinse off the remainder um, and then you pat yourself dry and you go out into the world. Oil massage would be my most favorite thing. And so so far I've told you I put it on my body, I put it on my face, I put it in my ears, I put it in my hair, and yes, we put it in our colon, but we'll leave that for another time. <laughs> I'll be part two. <laughs> Is there a go-to Ayurvedic book that's kind of like a great intro that you could recommend? I have a favorite one. Yeah. And it's um, by a guy called Sebastian Pohl, P-O-L-E. I know you can get it on Amazon. It's about $17. It's a red book. I'm visual. I think it's called the Ay- an Ayurvedic Lifestyle. Or if you type in Sebastian Pohl, okay. um, his book will come up. Great. And it, it's just all-encompassing. And it has herbs in it as well. And it has the, the trifala and the ashwagandha that you mentioned. It's a really cool book. I recommend it to all my students. Okay. We will, we will oh, post wonderful. about that. And then where can we find you online? You can find me online at longexhale.com. And this is a website that I share with my husband. And you just go to the Ayurveda section and you click on. And then I've got a whole bunch of articles and then just um, events that are coming what up. What does your husband do? He's a yoga therapist. Ah, we are the perfect power couple. <laughs> Seriously, he says we're a one-stop shop. Aww. Yeah. and you know, I- interestingly enough, he works on the mind, and I work on the body, and that's why you know both yoga and Ayurveda are sister sciences. They're like two sides of the same coin, and somehow they got separated. Uh, but it's like this complete lifestyle package. The only sort of caveat is, you know, you have to do something. It's not, does that make sense? You, you sure. actually have to like be active in your, in the healing process, mm. which is really cool because it, it tends to, I, I think it's a very empowering modality. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Eleni, oh, thank it. you so much for being here. This is incredible. And I, oh. I we're definitely going to have to have you back yeah, for a part, a part two. two. Yay. I'd love to awesome. come back. Happy New Year and thank you. Oh, happy New Year. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Yes, that's a retrograde. Roses and thorns. Okay, so here's the deal, guys. We were going to do a Roses and Thorns recap episode of 2014. It's what? That's the second time. You texted me that, too. Did I say 2014? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just time travel speed over She's here. Very, you know what I mean? Very confused. Um, she just wants to go back to make 28. <laughs> <laughs> this was like, it was a good time. Wouldn't uh, you say it's backtracking? I said it's backtracking also, yeah. And I feel like we should have a fresh start. Like Exactly. Unless you want to say things we're done with in general. Like, I really don't want to take things personally anymore. And I'm really working on that. That's something for me, though. It's yeah. not really like a cultural rose and thorn, but it's just something that I'm like... But that's okay. I'm revisiting something, and I'm retrograde. Whoa. <laughs> that happened. I'm like, why do I keep revisiting everything? Retrograde. Retrograde. So that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would be more into, like, the stem, which is, like, what you hope for for next time. And I'm thinking, like... So I think like a reinvigorated hustle is in order. I just, you know, I closed out Closet Rich, which was my little online consignment store baby for four years. And while I was doing that, I always had this mantra of like always be doing something. And that kind of kept me moving. Like even if it was like hanging up clothes or like sending an email or whatever, it just kind of like kept me on track and working for myself. And now there's like this whole kind of like open road of not sure like where it's going but I feel like if I move back into that mantra of like keep doing something it will like lead in in a beautiful direction so that's where I'm at personally I don't really have anything culturally because it's a fresh start so you know I just think that like maybe we encourage all of our beautiful listeners who I think if there's anything from 2015 that it's been amazing good for you is that and these like really cool audience that we've cultivated and we love hearing from you guys. So are they our rose? Yeah. Okay. That That's the rose. Cool. Perfect. For sure. Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens this year. That's something I think also is like 
to, to, to have the New Year theme still kind of on the table, like something that I struggled with is because I was here for vacation. So it was kind of difficult to like stay relaxed because after like two weeks of being in your own environment, not doing anything – because, like, I, there's not really much that I could do. Yeah, it's hard because literally this city in particular, I mean, I'm sure everyone shuts down, but, like, you can't, when you work for yourself, you, like, can't really if, piggyback off of yeah, like, actual people's hours. I can't email hours. anybody. I can't do anything. So I kind of started to panic, and that was, so what I'm, like, really trying to sit in is just, like, trusting, like, that things are going to start to move without me having to, like, continue to do any, everything. It's, like, when you're, like, always be doing something I'm like do less and unless you need to be doing something like I, I don't want to spin my wheels because that goes into my head energy and I feel like that's negative so it's like I vibe on that I'm more just like respond to what what's calling instead of like feeling like I need to be doing something right. and if I need to do something I can just rearrange my closet so you know? guys is it are you guys are you a Stephanie or are you Elizabeth yeah <laughs> are you a do less or do more kind of person pick one <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Rose Thorn. The, uh, I guess, you know, we're having a tsunami. <laughs> but on Rose know, and Thorn. All fairness, it's probably really we good. Definitely. Finally. Need it. Yeah. All that rain dancing I've been doing. Same. All that rain twerking. All that rain eating Final. chocolate in my bed that I've been doing. <laughs> Finally work. Anyway, um, but yeah, I guess and also we're just so excited to bring you guys more episodes. I know it's been a little sporadic the past few months but we have so many amazing episodes coming up we're so excited mm-hmm. and thank you all for listening happy new year and enjoy this retrograde don't freak out and on that note why don't you guys let us know what your intentions are if you have any or if you don't mm-hmm. where can they do that at Steph? they can let us know on twitter at so retrograde on facebook at, at our page that's so retrograde on Instagram, at so retrograde, Or if you want to give us a detailed explanation, please write us a love letter at thatsoretrograde at gmail.com. Thank you and good night. And thanks for listening and thanks to Eleni for, for such a great show. So excited about all of these new things we can try. <laughs> that had a shoulder motion with it. Yeah, you guys it was, didn't it see was it. jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a retrograde.